0: everybody. I hope you're having a great day today. Thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 podcast. I'm your host, April Hanna. And just a reminder, if you guys want to check out the films that we make, you can head on over to Path11productions.com. And also, we do have apps for you to download for the podcast for easy listening for Android and the iPhone. So we have a really great show today. I'm very excited to invite Christine Brees onto our show. And she is a woman who is really just doing wonderful things in the world, and we are going to be talking about her University of Metaphysical Sciences, and she also has a retreat center. It's called Gaia Sagrada Retreat Center in Echo Community, and that is located in Ecuador. So we'd love to bring shows to our audience about people who are just doing great work in the world and doing everything that they can to raise consciousness to help heal our planet, and Christine is one of these people who is doing great work. So welcome, Christine. Hello. Thank you for having me on your show. Yeah. So before we kind of get into um, how you built this University of Metaphysical Sciences, can you let our listeners know a little bit about your spiritual path and how you came to do what you were doing?
1: Well, um it started out with learning how to meditate, just like it starts for a lot of people. Um, I've always been kind of spiritually inclined, even when I was young. My parents said I was always this way. <laughs> so I guess I <laughs> um, But when I first um, got out of high school and all of that, I was a little disillusioned with Christianity because I'd grown up with it, but it felt like it was more than it and that and uh, so I started studying um, you know and I respect Christianity and it's a really good way to start in life because you know it, it taught a moral it gave me a moral compass that was necessary and um, but then I started studying all the world religions and wanted to try to find what was in common between them all and really I found that there were a couple of things that were the same in all religions and one is there's a belief in a higher power of some sort or another whatever you want to call it source God all that is Um, and uh, and then the other thing was be a good person and so those two things were the most the two common things that I found in all religions and then Everything else other than that is just a matter of style, that all the religions are valid and that they're really just your particular way of being connected with the source or with God or the spirit within you. Um, it's just a matter of choice and style pretty much after that, besides those two most important factors that are common in all. And what I found I liked the most was meditation and yoga. And uh, and really thinking about the big philo- philosophical questions in life. And uh, so I started with meditation, and that was profound. And I started having astral projections, learned how to see auras and chakras. And uh, now I'm working on telekinesis. I'm trying to learn how to turn off light switches from across the room, but all I can do is blow out light bulbs right now. <laughs> so that, but, uh <laughs> So, uh, but I think that the possibilities are endless for us all, and I think humanity is only in the very beginning of discovering the true abilities of the consciousness. I had to go away from civilization for a while, there was a period where I thought, you know, everything looks okay on the outside, but I'm so miserable inside. What is wrong with me? And I I just felt like, okay, I'll go out to the wilderness. I knew how to camp, and my father taught me that, and I really appreciate him for that, and, um, well, for lots of things. But that was one of the things that he taught me that really gave me a skill so that I could go out into the wilderness for a while. I thought, okay, I'll go on a six-month vision quest and try to find myself, and then I'll come back to civilization. Um, And it turned into six years. And I went into deep healing and deep self-introspection and learned a lot. And uh, learned how to tap into that wisdom that's in all of us. And there it grew.
0: Wow, so six years. So was it through your six-year journey that you decided kind of coming out of that that you wanted to um, create the University of Metaphysical Sciences? What happened was...
1: I was really enjoying living in the wilderness, because <laughs> it's easy to be Zen on top of the mountain, and uh, you know, without anybody challenging you. Um, and, they, and I was having such peak e- spiritual experiences that um, I didn't want to come back into civilization. I was like, I just want to live in the wilderness with the spirit and uh, talking to the animals and the trees and, and you know just I mean, I was in such an altered state living in the wilderness and and i was with the medicines too and and was journeying and just really working on myself and um and then uh there came a point where spirit just shut everything down i couldn't see the auras anymore i couldn't astral travel anymore nothing was happening it seems like suddenly i couldn't communicate with nature anymore it was almost like spirit was like, now you have to go back out into civilization. We didn't give you all this so that you could just be out here and enjoy yourself. You have to share this with the people. And uh, so I went back to civilization. and It, was, it took a while to adjust because it's so loud um, in civilization. Just, there's like a 33 hertz hump. In, in the cities, all the time, just from the cars and the activity and all of this, and I was—I never heard this before. Um, but when I came back, I was like, "Oh my gosh, our civilization is so loud!" <laughs> <laughs> and and then um, and then I started teaching meditation classes for free, just to hone my skills, and and uh, and then later it turned into okay, I charged five bucks for the class, and. And people would be with me for about a year or so, and I'd have them go through this whole whole thing that I had designed. And And um, a lot of them said at the end, like, gosh, I feel like I've changed so much. I should have a degree or something. And I said, yeah, you know, that sounds like a good idea. And I had always fantasized about making a school. So I thought, okay, well, let's do it. Um, but I only had $200 and classic Macintosh, uh uh, computers the size of a shoebox with a screen the size of a three by five index card, and uh, that's what I started the school on. Started writing the courses and then gathered a lot of writers and you know who specialized in their fields and and came up with an incredible curriculum. Made the meditation CDs everything. So that's how it started and then it just grew and grew and grew. And now it's pretty big. I mean, now the school is the largest of its kind in the world. And uh, we serve students in 127 countries all over the world. So and we have many, many tens of thousands of
0: students. So so could you tell me a little bit more about how large the school has grown up until now and how many students are, are in the school and how many courses do you have?
1: Well, right now we have students from we have tens of thousands of students from all over the world, 127 countries, and um, University of Metaphysical Sciences got to be has become one of the biggest school of its kind in the world right now, and uh, the students are just from everywhere, all kinds of all kinds of cultures and countries and. Um, And they study online. They don't have to be here physically. They just, everything is online. The meditations are like the, the lab work of the courses. And the courses are in PDF files. So, and the meditations are in MP3s. And so everybody can download everything. And so, and take their exams online and they get their degrees online, everything. We send them by postal mail their degrees, even if it's in another country. And, um... And we're getting ready to install a more interactive online situation like the online colleges have where the students can talk with the teachers and um, there's discussion groups and uh, we're even getting ready to make videos for all the courses. So it's getting something that's in a continuing development. (laughs) It it never really ends. But the school's gotten really big and... um, it's pretty hard to keep up with it now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I see that. I mean, you guys offer bachelor's degrees all the way up to doctoral degrees. And I think the important thing for people to know is you're also accredited. So can you also talk about the accreditations? so that, you know, this isn't just like, Oh, an online, you know, metaphysical school where you're getting a certificate. But I mean, these are real degrees here.
1: <laughs> they are. Um, I forgot to answer your other question about how many courses there are. There's 80 courses in the school, but we're always adding more, just so you know. Uh-huh. And um, and the accreditation isn't the kind that can get federal student loans, though. It's not called Title IV accreditation. It's religious degree accreditation. And um, these are actually religious degrees. They're not secular degrees that can get federal student loans, but it's very hard to get a religious degree that's actually accredited by an agency that accredits religious schools. And um, and a student, when they get their PhD, it's important that they don't call themselves just the PhD. It's suppo- you, sh- you need to specify that it's a PhD in metaphysical sciences, for instance, or metaphysical counseling or holistic counseling. There's different kinds of... Um, Uh, different names of the degrees. And we always try to tell people, please don't try to fake it that you have a secular degree. (laughs) (laughs) So, because sometimes people try to bypass the secular degree field, and it's important not to do that. But religious degrees are real degrees as well. And... um, uh, we also ordain everyone as a minister because this gives you the permission to work as a spiritual counselor and also a practitioner's certificate, which gives people permission to uh, do hands-on healing.
0: Wow. Okay, great. Um, and then can you talk about um, who it's run by, the Wisdom of Heart Church, of the Heart Church, and it's a 501c3. So can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Um, Wisdom of the Heart Church is, in order to have a religious school, you have to have a church. And so some people have a knee-jerk reaction with the word church, but it's not your typical church. It's, it's, uh, We're really open to all walks of life, anything from American Indian to metaphysics to New Age to uh you know the eastern religions meditation those it, metaphysics is sort of like a, a melting pot of all types of paths um, some people ask well what is metaphysics religion exactly and it's not really a religion it's a it's a mix of many many paths and people can pick and choose what path works for them really or take parts of each different path and in a way everybody makes their own religion because as far as i'm concerned However many people there are in the world, that's how many paths there are to God and that's how many religions there are really. Because everyone has their own individual interpretation. But as far as the 501c3 goes, yes, it's a nonprofit organization and the school is part of that organization, so is the retreat center in Ecuador, um Gaia Sagrada. We are all of it wisdom of the church uh, wisdom of the heart church is the umbrella corporation for all of these other outreaches that we do because we do more than just the retreat center and the school there's a lot of other things in development as well
0: all right yeah and i would like to talk a little bit more about the gaia sagrada retreat center so you know the university of medical physical sciences kind of started in 2002 and then it looks like 11 years later it brought you to this next project of starting this retreat center so tell us a little bit more about that
1: well, Gaia Sagrada is so beautiful oh my gosh it's it's in the magical mountains of ecuador it's in the Andes mountains, and oh, we can see all the stars at night, the galaxy it's so magical here And every now and then we see a uFO oh. <laughs> and, um, and uh and it's uh on fifty five acres and it's way out there in the country, it's so beautiful. Um, we have an Ecuadorian community around us, which is really lovely. If you wanted to see all the traditional Andean mountains types of, of people uh, who are Ecuadorians who, who live here, who are actually the ones where all the shamanic traditions come from. And here at this retreat center, we do different kinds of retreats, but the main one right now is the shamanic retreats with ayahuasca and San Pedro shamans. And they give the ayahuasca medicine and the San Pedro medicine, and we have sweat lodges, and it's really profound, the work that we do here. It's it's so incredible. It's like 20 years of psychotherapy in two weeks, and uh, a lot cheaper than 20 years of psychotherapy, too.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'd like to go a little bit deeper into uh, the ayahuasca ceremony. Now, I know we've had a couple of other people on the show speaking about that, and here over in the states, ayahuasca is kind of something that's, um, you know, not legal. If if you do a ceremony, it's nobody can really um, give information out about how they got it or where the ceremonies were kind of taking place. It's basically if you know someone who knows someone, and you kind of land to where the ceremony is kind of happening, and, and it, it's not as open and free here. But um, I know a lot of people are interested in it because it can help with spiritual development and kind of very intense uh, spiritual experiences. So can you talk a little bit more about what ayahuasca is and then what the ceremonies are like?
1: Yeah, it's, it's definitely a fast track um, it's like a quantum leap in your spiritual growth and it puts you in touch with the wisdom within you um, it's like a shortcut to getting deep inside to meet the master within um, uh, both the ayahuasca and the San Pedro medicines work that way yes I'm quite aware of the status in the United States and uh, let's just say the powers that be, who run this world, are a little bit worried about the <laughs> the mass consciousness awakening to its true power, because if that happens, they're out of business. <laughs> oh. You know, we don't make good worker bees if um, if we're awakened. Um, so the ayahuasca and the San Pedro, the ayahuasca is the feminine medicine. Uh, it's considered the female medicine in the in the shamanic worlds, so and the San Pedro, is, and is the masculine medicine. That one's considered the grandfather. And uh, a lot of the shamans say the ayahuasca shows you what needs to change, whereas the San Pedro gives you the power to make the changes. So one without the other isn't as balanced as it as it is when they're together. Sometimes some some ayahuasca centers who don't give the San Pedro say oh you shouldn't do San Pedro and, and ayahuasca together in the same week or whatever and that's simply not true. Um, these are people who simply don't answer, offer the San Pedro because when we offer them together people say it's so much more powerful. We don't know uh, we only offer one ceremony where they're, they can actually take both medicines in one ceremony that's the sweat lodge ceremony and that is everybody's favorite ceremony. It's the most profound. It kind of finishes off what the first two ceremonies didn't finish. Like the first ceremony we have in a 12-day retreat is the ayahuasca ceremony. The second one is the San Pedro. And then the third one is the sweat lodge where we take the ayahuasca and the San Pedro together. It's optional. They don't have to. They can do it if they want. And, uh, Whatever the first two ceremonies didn't finish, usually the sweat lodge finishes with the two together. And it's like having your grandmother and your grandfather together, holding you hand in hand, um, helping you with your journey. And it seems really important that both are together. Um, And there's more centers offering them together, but there's still so many that only offer one or the other. And I personally think that it's not a balanced experience if you don't experience them
0: both. Um, so, what yeah. what brings people to an ayahuasca or San Pedro ceremony? I mean, what what would you say? Although I, I'm assuming that each experience obviously is individual to the person, there's probably no. Um, ayahuasca ceremony that happens that are ever identical because we're each individual and, you know, unique and probably have our own lessons to learn. But is there something like in the bigger picture that collectively people who have gone through a ceremony like this would say, this is how it transformed me. This is, this is the reason why I went and I got exactly what I was seeking for. What's the actual purpose of wanting to go into a ceremony like this? Well, it usually starts with people wanting to change their life. A lot of a lot of
1: people have tried a lot of things. They've tried a lot of methods. They've tried a lot of techniques. They've read all the self-help books. They've went to a lot of workshops, and they're still not fully healed from from the past or or let go of the anxiety about the future. And um, so, usually, people have reached the end of the line. Not always, but most commonly people are like, all right, that's it, or they come for physical healing, like if they've gotten an illness or something, um, but uh, a lot of people have tried everything else, and they're like, all right, that's it, i got to try this, this is my last attempt at trying to heal my life, and uh, a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times people are like, all right, I just, I really need this to be done, I need to be healed, and, um, and or a lot of a lot of the theme also is people trying to find their life purpose. That's the other most common theme either healing the past or healing from the anxiety about the future or finding what their purpose in life is because they're still not able to um, not able to determine exactly what they're supposed to be doing with their life. Well, after the these retreats here, not only is the past let go and the healing happens in a really profound way um, where people just finally are able to make peace with it but also people really get a clear picture about what their life purpose is and um, you know because there's a lot of angels coming here who are trying to figure out what they're supposed to be doing to help humanity and and somehow the medicines show them a lot of things about themselves and, and a lot about what their mission is about and the other thing that happens is people get a whole new world perspective, not only a, a new perspective about themselves, a new world view is the other thing that comes out of it, where they're not so distressed about the challenges that humanity is going through right now. And because right now it looks like the world is in chaos and going mad and and uh, looks like it's going in, in a handbasket to hell, really. And that... <laughs> And humanity is not gonna recover from what's going on, but they have a lot of a renewed sense of hope about it and that they have a part in this. Because awakening is spreading like wildfire through humanity right now. And uh there's gonna be a moment when it reaches a critical mass when it just becomes really evident and things move really fast into a better space. But right now, There's so many people who are in the closet, they still have their corporate jobs, they can't show that they're really spiritual. Uh, A lot of people are still hiding this awakening that they're going through. There's going to be a moment when it's not hidden anymore. And these medicines help people move into being more willing to be a visible light bearer in this world. Not only to heal their own life, because that's where it starts, you know, healer, heal thyself first, but then they see where it can move, where the healing that they've done for themselves can move out into a bigger mission in the world and it's a beautiful thing to witness because people are so different after they come here for a retreat we we really should take before and after pictures because before they come when they first get here they're all kind of a little bit nervous they look a little bit unsure they're some are even scowling <laughs> And then the after picture, everybody is just shining and bright and changed. And, oh, my gosh, it's so profound, the difference.
0: Now, I I have a question because I I think I can't remember the movie, but – You know, sometimes when Hollywood depicts ayahuasca ceremonies, I think it was something like a couple's retreat or something, some some funny comedy. I mean, they make it look like it's very painful, like people are vomiting, throwing up, getting very sick. Some people that I have spoken to who actually went through the ceremony, you know, they they raved about just how transformational it was. But at the same time, they said they kind of felt like they met their own death in order to be reborn. And um, so it does sound kind of like a scary, uncomfortable experience. Is there anything for those people out there like myself who would be totally just petrified to try this, um, to kind of be encouraged to say, well, you know, you get through it, you live, you really don't die. And yeah, there might be some physical things that happen to your body during it, but it's a purging. I don't know. Is there anything that you could um, say about the actual ceremony or is it not being depicted correctly in Hollywood when you see these 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 ayahuasca ceremonies that these people are going
1: through. Yeah. It, it can be a little dramatic sometimes. I had a friend once who uh, was like, "What? People go there and they they throw up and they poop their pants and they pay for this?" Right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, it's not that bad. It really isn't. Um, we do always say, "Never trust an ayahuasca fart." If you feel like you gotta go to the bathroom, you go <laughs> because mm-hmm. sometimes I'm pretty strong. Uh, pretty fast, but it's a cleansing. It's a, it's really a big cleansing. Ayahuasca knows every Twinkie and Big Mac you've ever eaten, and it clears out all those toxins out of your body. Usually, the first ceremony is a big cleansing of the physical body, so that then you can have the goodies after that, um, the spiritual goodies. Um, so what happens is the The ceremony starts out really quiet with the uh with everybody speaking their purpose and what their intentions are or saying it quietly as the as the shaman prays for the purpose of the ceremony and um and then they take the medicine and then about a half an hour to forty five minutes later, maybe an hour the first person may have may throw up and sometimes it's like a domino domino effect then the others feel it too and and it happens for for several people not everyone it really doesn't happen for everyone not everyone throws up it's it's not it really isn't and I always tell everybody it's not a competition you don't win a prize if you throw up or don't throw up (laughs) because sometimes people are trying to throw up because they're like well maybe I'm not cleansing if I'm not throwing up and uh other people are like, "Oh, I'm trying not to throw up and um, but um the what happens is we always find that all the vomit in the end of the bu- in the bucket at the end of the night is far more than the medicine that the shaman gave out, and what the medicine does is it literally collects things in your body and your emotions and your mind things that you no longer need and it seems to turn into this physical release not all purging happens through through vomiting though sometimes people feel like they got to throw up and then they cry and then they don't have to throw up anymore or sometimes feel like they people feel like they have to throw up but then they start doing deep breathing and find that they need to learn how to breathe better there's all kinds of different ways that the body can release um usually it's an emotional release though a lot of times people have blocked emotions that the medicine's move and what happens with this is that people um either cry or sometimes they need to to vocalize some kind of kind of hurt feelings about something and then there's a freedom after that that they've never experienced before and not i know there's some videos online with people screaming and you know acting like they're being possessed and all this stuff i mean this stuff is drama and we don't believe in having these kind of ceremonies we don't feel that this is the proper use of the medicine it's not for an outward expression it's for going within and really doing the work because if it's out on the surface and it's out in the physical world and you're not really getting to the core of the problem. You're not really getting to the deep stuff far inside in that universe that's inside you. And, um, and sometimes a person expresses and, and does have like a kind of meltdown. And when that happens, we take them out of the maloca, we take them to another spot, and and we put them, you know, it's a little ways, you know, it's close, but just a little bit out of the area so nobody has to listen to somebody crying really hard or something if that's happening. Um, If it lasts more than five or ten minutes, we always take them to this other space that's really beautiful with a little mat, and we always have people sitting with them and taking care of them, and uh, we have a lot of helpers. Because you can't do this kind of work without a lot of help and um, and you know while they process we talk them through it, we help we sing songs to them sometimes and um, sometimes we do psychic surgery if the person really needs an adjustment and the person who is working with them can see the auras and, and be able to see what chakras are blocked, usually that's me um, and um, and what happens is, is that there's a big release, and we notice a huge difference between the first ceremony and then the second ayahuasca ceremony they do. Uh, the first ceremony, there's, there's a lot of anxiousness, there's a lot of fear, then there's a lot of release, and the second ceremony is so peaceful, it's amazing, and, and very few people throw up in the second ceremony. Um, so it's not something that happens every time, and also it's not that big a deal to throw up. It's not like you're throwing up like a huge meal because you can't eat after lunch, and so it's not like you have a big meal. It's just a little bit. It's really not that much. Um, some people are like so terrified of just throwing up thing, and it's really not a big deal. And everybody's like, ah, oh, I feel so good after it because <laughs> some kind of big weight has been lifted off of them, and it's not. A weight of physical reality it's a weight of emotional and mental realities that they're releasing and uh there's a certain freedom in that
0: all right great helpful i still i don't know if i'm convinced yet to try but we'll see maybe one day well Um,
1: if a person is curious about it and they're still a little nervous there's only one way to find out and that's try it
0: right. right exactly so I have a question. Like, what's the difference between taking drugs or, you know, tripping or something like that, as opposed to taking ayahuasca?
1: Drugs and medicine are not the same. Drugs cover up the problems, whereas <laughs> medicine heals. There's hmm. a difference. Um, when people take it recreationally, it's not the same as when it's in a situation like a ceremonial experience. It's really not the same because at a, in a ceremonial experience, it's a medicine. It's for healing. It's not for just partying. Right. That's um, true. It's a really different focus, and it makes a makes a big difference in how it how it works. And then it's not so scary. And yeah.
0: And this is like a shamanic tradition that has been practiced for. Years and years and years. I mean, this this is really an, an ancient spiritual practice, correct? Yeah. Oh, it's been here
1: before the times of Christ. It's been around.
0: Right. And of course, I have to ask this because I'm sure somebody else is thinking of it. Has, to your knowledge, has anyone ever died during a ceremony?
1: Not in ours because we do it right there are places where people um, have died and it's because they mix other things into it that shouldn't be mixed in ayahuasca never killed anyone but some of these other things they mix into it like toe which is datura sometimes they mix that into it to juice up the the ayahuasca experience but then you're not meeting ayahuasca you're meeting datura and and that's actually a, a medicine for people who are on a serious shamanic path to meet your fears and uh, that's not for beginners. You, you need to have a lot of experience in the in the spirit world to really understand what to do with that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I've been there, and it's, it's warrior medicine. And um, you can't do that if you're a beginner. And it's also very toxic. And then sometimes the other thing that usually kills people is the nicotine. Sometimes some places mix nicotine, Really having nicotine into the medicine uh, because they believe that it helps me- carry the medicine. But a person who is like, you know, there are some people who are very allergic to nicotine. and you know, If they've never smoked cigarettes or they've never, you know, they drink the nicotine in the medicine or sometimes they have just the nicotine purges, which are also very dangerous. And a person who has an allergic reaction to the nicotine, it, they could die and you can't save them. And so we don't allow those things here. Our, our shamans are under contract only to make the purest of medicine. In the ayahuasca, there's only the vine and the leaf. That's it. Nothing else is added. The San Pedro, only the cactus. Nothing else. Because those two things, those those medicines, when they're made pure, they have never hurt anyone. So if you're ever going to go to a center, make sure you find out And sometimes they're not going to be honest with you about whether they mix anything or not. So do your research online and make sure that you don't just pick some center and don't do any research about it. Um, I always suggest look at testimonials of third-party websites that the center cannot control because the testimonials on any center's webpage are kind of irrelevant because they're never going to put a bad testimonial there. You know, there's never going to be a bad review on their own site. but if you go to TripAdvisors or you go to AYAadvisors.org, um, you're gonna find reviews about a place that the center cannot control and then you're gonna know whether that center really carries through or not with the with the good experience and whether it's really safe. And people report that they feel safer here than they've felt. Anywhere, I mean, they, there's people who come here who've been to other centers, and they say we do it better than any place they've ever been. So, you know, that's a that's a really big testimonial, and we've become well known as one of the safest centers in the world. And whenever, I mean. Whenever there's a problem with some ayahuasca center or something, usually people call us and say, what what do you say is going on? What, what can, how can you help me? Um, or people say, you know, I've chosen to come to you guys because you have the safest reputation in all of the testimonials and reviews. We have hundreds of reviews out there. And, you know, it's just, we really do get all these good reviews. It's, some people are like, well, there's no, like no bad reviews about you. I'm like, well, I guess it's because we do it well.
0: <laughs> right. Well, gosh, I'm glad I asked that question because I really had no idea. But really important to know just from what you're saying that people really do their research and ask questions. And I think it's great, you know, the, um, the feedback that you gave for them to look at those third-party sites. Well, the only problem, especially with Peru, anybody
1: can call themselves a shaman and hang a shingle and start giving ceremonies. Somebody who's done three ceremonies I think they're a shaman now and they can get a hold of medicine, they call themselves a shaman, they open a business. And these are people without experience. These are people who do not know what they're doing. They have not been trained in shamanism. And this is rampant in this business now. Whereas in Ecuador, the only shamans who can practice are ones who have certification from the Council of Elders that they have been blessed to carry the medicine. They are not legally allowed to practice. There are some we are still practicing without these certifications in Ecuador but technically the law is these shamans need to be certified that they've done their five to ten years worth of training that they've been blessed by the elders to carry the medicine it's not as much of a wild west thing as it is in Peru. Ecuador is safer um, because the shamans are supposed to be you know trained they have to be certified or they cannot practice legally Whereas in Peru, they don't care. You know, gringos who came down there and did three ceremonies can can start holding ceremonies if they want. So it's very, very dangerous now because there's so many people seeing some kind of pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, offering uh, ceremonies, and they they are not being responsible and taking care of the people correctly, and. Um, so really check out those reviews. I really suggest people do that because then they're going to know. The other thing with our center that's much different than the others is that our shamans speak English. Um, I don't know of any other center where they have shamans that are authentic shamans that have practiced in the ancient traditions for decades. Our shamans have practiced for decades in the ancient traditions, but they also lived in the Western culture and understand the Western world and can help people with their problems in ways that shamans who lived in the jungle and know nothing about the western co- culture they can't help people the same as as shamans who have lived in both worlds so we have shamans that are educated they uh ha- they speak english so that they can and spanish but they speak english well enough so that they can communicate directly with the participants and know exactly where they are in the in the ceremony and help them in the ceremony or even outside the ceremony in conversations that can help them in ways that people who cannot communicate with the participants can't help because they don't know what's going on. So this is really important as well is is to see if you can find shamans that you can communicate. If you can speak Spanish, it doesn't matter. But if you only speak English, it's better to have a, a shaman that you can communicate directly with. And we looked through for a needle in a haystack trying to find shamans who can speak English and I honestly think we found like the most the shamans in the world
0: (laughs) (laughs) awesome great good to know Um, and before we wrap up here I just wanted to also let people know and have you speak a little bit about your YouTube channel because you have tons of videos up there Um, so I'd like you to kind of let people know how how they can find you, you do have some books Um, I know you're working on a documentary that's coming up and so if you can kind of rattle off and give our listeners your links and uh, different ways to reach you Sure
1: Um, I have a YouTube channel called youtube.com forward slash Christine Brees, you can look up my name, it's C-H-R-I-S T-I-N-E B R E E S E is my last name, like the breeze, but with an S instead of a Z. And um, I'm starting to put a lot of videos there now. It's a channel that's been really uh, inactive for a long time because I was starting to make videos about eight years ago, and and uh, and then all kind of, YouTube was not the same back then as it is now. I mean, now it's uh, <laughs> it was kind of the wild west back then, and. Uh, the trolls were out of control and I was just like you know what forget this it's not worth it you know I'm giving these explaining the mysteries of the universe and there's all these trolls just you know pissing on everything I'm like ah, forget this you know I'll just keep working in the way I do And now there's so many people who asked me to come back to YouTube and um, said, you know, your videos so helped me, please, you know, make some more. And so I'm starting to get ready to make some more. I'm going to start making new ones in February. Right now I'm loading up some of the old ones that weren't there before. And um, so I'm loading loading up the ones I made eight years ago. And um, and, and then I'm going to start making new ones, um, you know, with a bigger, you know, now I know how to, now that there's more equipment and computers and digital video has come a long way, um, we can make more fancy videos now. And we're making a, documented, a documentary for Gaia Sagrada uh, and Ayahuasca and San Pedro and explain. we want to show the world that it's not so scary and to show what it's like for the work exchangers to work here and to meet the shamans and to to just see what the participants go through in every retreat and um and just to we have a, a a guy here who works in Hollywood. He's gonna be here for five months and he's just gonna catch all kinds of footage and, you know, we're gonna make a reality show as well. So we don't know if it'll be twenty two episodes or thirteen episodes. We'll see. Um, and this will go up on YouTube as well so that people can really have an inside look into what a, being at a center like this is because um, there's there's lots of documentaries out here talking about ayahuasca and interviews with people, and, but there's nothing that really gives you an inside look at what it's like to be at an ayahuasca center as a work exchanger, as staff, as a participant, as a shaman. Uh, we're gonna give all perspectives, and um, and it's really fun, and there's a lot of laughter, and it's really sweet. And the throwing up is like, oh, it's like you know, 30 seconds compared <laughs> to like, you know, all this amazing stuff. So we want to give people the perspective of what what all the other parts of it are, and and to show the transformations that happen here, and. So there's that. We're going to put that on, on YouTube. Oh, it's going to be so fun. And then we will also make a documentary. And then um, and uh, I'm also going to be reading um, the, my new books that are coming out. I haven't published them yet, but they're coming out. One is called Choose Yourself, the Power of One to Change the World. I feel like this book is really needed now because so many people want a better world, but they don't know what they can do as just one person, without a lot of money and all this stuff. Right. And then the other, yeah. And then the other book is called Integrity Handbook for Spiritual Teachers and Students, because there's a lot of people entering the world of spiritual teaching right now, and a lot of people seeking, but there's a, there's no real handbook, there's no real guidebook on how to do this right. And how to do this in a in a way of integrity, because there's special teachers now who are just popping up all over the place and, and they don 't have any training that 's one of the reasons why I created the school as well is so that there's training for these people who who are trying to enter this field um, so that they can do it in a in an integrity way and understand what they 're really getting into and understand this power that they hold. Um, over spiritual seekers, especially if a spiritual seeker is in an adoration phase of their path, um, you know it's really important to handle that kind of energy correctly. And uh, so I'm also, so I'm going to put audio versions of these books online as well on YouTube, and, and uh, uh, we're going to see, uh, you know, what publisher wants to carry it. So we're still in that in that phase right now. So if they want to come to my YouTube channel, it's the username is Christine Brees. We also have a channel called Metaphysical Sciences, which we're going to be putting out new videos there as well from the school. Um, if anybody wants to come on Facebook, I have three groups. One is, um, you know, these are Facebook groups, Christine Brees for anybody who wants to connect with me. Uh, Christine Brees and Friends is what it's called we have Gaia Sagrada which is the Gaia Sagrada Facebook group for all the ayahuasca retreats and, um, it, you don't have to have come to a retreat here to be part of it if you're interested you can be part of it and then there's also a group for University of Metaphysical Sciences um, so and then if you see my post you'll, you'll see that you can be friends with me so uh, but I'm not going to tell you that right now because I want people to actually go to the groups first before they hook up with me on Facebook. So just to make sure that they are interested in what I do. My website's com. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, and
0: we'll we'll put all of that in the show notes, too, so people can have easy access to that. But in case if they're listening and they want it more quickly. Um, yeah, and I'm just glad that our paths crossed. And, I, you know, I'm really excited about that one book, The Power of One to change the world because I feel like that there really are so many people like you out there and, you know, kind of these individuals that are making just a great impact and really like the power of one really can help to change the world. You know, Mike and I are just two random people too. You know, we're, we're making some of this stuff and putting it out there. We're not this yeah. huge team. We don't have tons of money, you know, but it's just like, you know, each individual really can make a difference. And I think that a book like that is so powerful just to encourage every individual and human being just to go out and do what you feel is right and do it with love and yeah you know yeah so that was well,
1: great if, and if each individual did their little part to change the world because it's going to take all of us it's not going to take just one right and if each of us touched the part of the world we can touch it makes the world change overnight
0: well thanks so much christine it was great to have you as a guest
1: you it was so lovely being on your show you're lovely
0: <laughs> thank uh-huh. you so much thank you have a great day YouTube. If you'd like more information about our films or to purchase our DVDs, you can head on over to our website at thepassseries.com. They're also available to purchase on Amazon.com. Our films are also streaming online at Vimeo.com, GaiMTV.com and iTunes. If you have a show suggestion or would like us to interview someone specifically, please feel free to shoot us an email at info at or send us a tweet at the past series. Please rate and review us in iTunes and subscribe. We hope you enjoyed the show.